So my whole life, like my whole childhood, right up until 39 or whatever it was, I had this shadow of, of the ADHD, which I was not aware of, you know. And it wasn't until I realized that I had ADHD, it kind of illuminated all the good and positive parts of my character, my, my personality, I suppose. And the shadow parts, you know, they, that you can't have one without the other, you know, the yin without the yang. Everything has to exist in equal balance. And I think for me, my work is kind of trying to tell that story to other people that all of the darkness, you know, it's not there without the light. And it's just where you choose to focus. Hello, loves. Thank you to everyone who's been leaving reviews for the show. They are such a powerful way to help us grow the show and reach that many more people. There are so many people who write in to tell us how much they are deeply benefiting from hearing these conversations. And every time you leave a review or share the show with someone you love, you're helping that message reach that many more people. So thank you for doing that. And please think of Somebody today that you might do that for. If you find yourself thinking about someone as you listen to today's episode, don't think twice about it. Just forward them the episode. You could quite literally be changing the course of someone's whole life. And then head over and leave a review for the show and Apple Podcasts before you sign off for the day. And you can give yourself a sweet little hug for having done a lovely little act of service for the day. Today, I get to talk to artist Phoebe Gander. Phoebe is such a beautiful soul. I feel so grateful that our paths crossed when they did. Even though she lives a world away, her in New Zealand and me in Canada, and we had never met, I instantly felt like she was an old friend, a kindred spirit. Phoebe, if you're listening to this, thank you for opening up to me and sharing yourself with me and all the listeners so generously. Your bravery and honesty and openness continue to move my heart. I hope you will come back and talk to me on the show again soon. One of my favorite moments in this episode is when Phoebe talks about her painting, No Light, No Shadow, and how for her, it is a very clear example of what she feels creativity is trying to do through her. I teared up in the conversation and again in this part during editing, and I hope it touches you too. This is the part where I ask you to please consider becoming a patron of the Creative Genius Podcast. I need some financial support to continue producing the show for you. I offer some lovely extras only available to my supporters to sweeten the pot. Head over to patreon.com slash creative genius podcast to see if there's an option that feels right for you. Phoebe's work is so beautiful and evocative. I think you'll want to hang a piece of her work in your home as much as I do. As you're listening, head over to the blog on Kate Shepard Creative, where we've posted some images of her work. I want you to see what I mean. And before we head into the interview with Phoebe today, I just wanted to take a moment again to remind you about the beautiful, intimate online community I've recently created for us. It's the Creative Genius Family. It's a magical little place on the internet where we can gather to be in connection with each other about all the things we talk about in the show. It's a safe place to share our triumphs, epiphanies, vulnerabilities, ask each other scary questions, cheer each other on, grow and expand into our true creative selves. It's a private Facebook group Head over to the Creative Genius Podcast page or katesheppardcreative.com to request to join. We would love to welcome you. And now, here's my conversation with the lovely 
gentle, extremely talented, and very generous, Phoebe Gander. Welcome, Phoebe. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for making the time for the show today. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, yeah, I, one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on the show today is, um, well, there's so many of them, but before we get into those, I want to sort of give a little bit of context for maybe some of the new listeners who are just joining us who haven't had the chance to listen to all the previous episodes yet mm-hmm. about the intention of the podcast and why why we're having these conversations. And for me, it's it's really clear. I feel like humanity is glitching. Like when I look around everywhere in every sort of facet of society and you know, our relationships, our institutions, our corporation, like everything just feels like mm-hmm. it's glitching. And, you know, when I really sat with that, because I wanted to know what that was about and, you know, can we fix it? Because, you know, I have to understand where something's coming from yeah. in order to be able to fix it. And I realized that it comes from, we've really set ourselves up with a whole host of really limiting beliefs about creativity. Um, because creativity is a, is a really important function of being a healthy human. And everybody has it in them and everybody needs to know how to express it. But because of all these limiting beliefs we've generated for ourselves, you know, who can access it, what it is, what our definition of creativity even is, what the products that would have to look like, all of that, I think, feed into this huge pressure to get it right anytime we're trying to express any kind of anything creative. We feel like we have to get it right. And so we just don't. We sort of shut down and we think, okay, well, it'd be better to not get it wrong. It'd be better to not be wrong and or look <laughs> stupid or be vulnerable. So I'm just going to, and actually we really, really need to be able to express ourselves creatively. So mm-hmm. I, I'm on a mission to help as many people as I can through these conversations, <laughs> remember what is true about creativity, you know, which is that we do all have it in us and that it's really important for us to, to express it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. No, I love, I love what you do. Thank I think you. It's, I wish I'd heard this podcast like a decade ago. <laughs> I needed it then. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. And I feel like that's, I mean, I I feel like now that I see things this way, it feels like a responsibility to have these conversations out loud so that, you know, people today who are feeling like they need it, you know, can hear it. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You refer to yourself, I love this, you refer to yourself as an emerging artist. And (laughs) I wanted to ask you about that because... From here, it feels like you're actually really an established artist, but I wanted to ask you, what are you emerging from or into? Oh, you know, it's, you see, I had my bio set as, that's on Instagram, hey, on my bio, it said emerging artist. I had it set as artist for a while. And then I just, but then, you know, like my, my sort of, my subject matter and what I'm interested in is always evolving. And I just sort of thought, you know what, I feel like I'm, I didn't, I suppose I could put evolving artists perhaps, but I felt like, you know what, I don't, I do feel like new to this because really it's only been since um, 2018 that I really started to paint again or even create art again properly. And that just feels, you know, when you look at other artists out there that, that are, you know, creating work, that have been doing it for like 15, 20 years, they're, they're established. That's, you know, I don't feel like I can say I'm fully established when I, when I feel so fresh into it, you know, and I just want to, I don't want to say that I've stopped and I'm, this is it, this is what I do because I feel like I'm still, I honestly feel like I'm still just 
scrabbling around in the dark sometimes trying to figure out who I am, what I'm doing. But um, I think that's probably what makes what makes you so magic, right? Like what, <laughs> when we think we've arrived, that's actually yeah. probably really dangerous territory to be in. Totally. Yeah. 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 You, so you and you you studied surface design in college, right? Yeah. I just, yeah, textile surface design, printed textiles um, at uni. And what um, did you think? What did you think? What, oh, I'm going to study this and this is what my no, career is going to look really. like. What did you? I, you know what? I didn't even think. Like, I was so young. Uh, you know, when you're 18 and you, you like, this is pre-internet, <laughs> practically. <laughs> yeah. There was like, not, we, I had to go to this, the, the, the library with, you know, and look at prospectuses for universities where they just like told you what degrees you could do. And so I was doing art, um, but like all different art, I was doing graph, bit of graphics, bit of painting, bit of, you know, photography, ceramics, um, textiles, all the different sort of things to do. That was great. It was like the best two years of my life. And I actually did um, theatre studies at the same time, which I wasn't actually supposed to do, but my friend and I convinced the lecturers that we could do an A-level as well. Um, and we did. We kind of squeezed it in and we'd nip off and do that because it was that was just so fun and I loved it. We come back to the the art rooms and do the art. And um and I just I loved the painting. Like that was what I loved the most. But then it was like, well, you know, you had to sit down and have a careers chat. And it was kind of like, mm. what are you gonna do afterwards? When you leave here, you've got to go to university. If you're gonna go to university, you've got to pick something that's vocational, basically. And, you know, I didn't have the gall to think that like I could make a vocation out of being an artist because like that was like, you know, Willy Wonka getting the golden ticket kind of people. It wasn't something that was going to necessarily be me. So I, my my textile teacher was like, well, you know, you're really strong at colour and, and, you know, your, your drawing skills would be great in textiles. And so she sort of showed me all these prospectuses for um, textile designers. So that it kind of, it felt like the best out of a not, very big selection of, of of careers you know it was like well it's better than nothing you know it's sort mm-hmm. of creative and I went and I loved the uni where I went to it was great don't get me wrong I absolutely loved it and it's um Falmouth um it's now called Falmouth University in Cornwall it was great but I was living with people that were um doing fine art that had been brave enough to do pick fine art and I was a bit jealous of them getting off going off and doing that and, and going to the the painting or the sculpture studio and and I had to get a bus and go to the textile design mm. department which was like over the other side of which I didn't realize it when I said I was like oh I'm all the way over there I could even eat lunch with you and um I did try and leave like halfway through I said to my tutors like I don't this isn't really me I'd I don't want to do it anymore and I thought maybe to leave to do photography because I thought well that's another vocational thing that I like lo- I love photography but they talked me out of it. They were like, no, 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 no. Do You know, you stay and do this. So I, I stayed and I did it. And then, you know, at the end, I got a good degree and, you know, but that was it. That was like literally the last time I did anything to do with textiles. And I, I find it so interesting that you, I mean, you were in, in one sense very lucky because at a young age, you knew what you loved. Mm. You know, I think that actually so many of us, it takes us a really long time to even get to that yeah. point. And then I hear this story over and over again you know how we get talked out of whether Mm. we talk ourselves out of it because we believe that it can't be 
you know, commercially viable or whatever the word mm-hmm. is you want to, you know, you can't make a career out of it, but we talk ourselves out of it. And do you remember if that led you, like, what did that feel like? You know, you were saying you felt jealous of people in your cohort who felt like they could. I remember sort of just thinking, I just must, I just don't think I'm good enough at, at painting. Like, I, d- I wasn't a very confident person then anyway. I was pretty shy and, um, well, I'm still an introvert, I guess, but I was not, I didn't know who I was and I was, and I actually didn't really like who I was <laughs> really. And I think I just sort of, I felt like I, I just wasn't good enough or worthy enough to say that I could be an artist. Do you feel like that and, came from yeah. the world around you or where do you think you got that I think that it idea? came from, un, uh, it came from undiagnosed ADHD. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Like not, not knowing my whole life that I had ADHD and just thinking that I had like not been given the script to life that everyone else got right. and trying really hard. Like, cause I was fairly bright child. Like I was, I knew I was clever. I could remember, you know, facts and I did well on exams. I, I was always really good at exams, but in class, you know, just anything, any subject that I, I, I was always like felt like I needed to try so much harder to achieve the same that other people could achieve na- like easily. And so, and then when you get told like, oh, this is really good, but like you just need to try a little harder to keep it neat or you just need to try a little harder to like finish the work in time. And when you get told that and you're like, oh, okay. And then inside you're like, I physically cannot try harder. <laughs> like I am trying so hard and yet, I am not meeting the expectation. And, you know, that is like trauma over (laughs) 15, 20 years, you know? And so, yeah, it was really difficult always feeling like I, no matter how hard I tried, I never quite was capable of being as competent as other people. And, um, yeah, I think now I know why that I struggle with, you know, retaining facts and tasks and sequencing and all of the, you know, all those um, executive kind of functions that a lot of people are gifted with when they're born. Well, and I feel like that's, that is so much about like, and it kind of goes back to what I'm saying at the beginning of like, there's this idea that we have about like, what's good? What, how do you have to be in order to be a good little human in this world? Mm. Like, how can you have output that's just like everybody else's and how can you fit into this little thing? And, and, you know, the reason so many of us actually don't even bother trying to be creative at all is because we feel like intuitively we just know, well, I'm different. I can't, mm. I don't, I can't do it that way. And yeah. uh, I mean, I think that that's kind of, it sounds like from what you're saying that that was what was happening for you is that you were really different in these ways. Mm. There was nobody cheering you on saying, hey, actually the ways that you're different are going to be your superpowers. Like let's, no, there was nobody to tell you that at that time. No. But every single time I've met somebody with ADHD, it's so clear to me that it really is a superpower. And mm. uh, so I want to ask you about that because I feel like, you know, superpowers can be hard to wield sometimes for sure. You know, mm. you, like it's like, you have, okay, you're born with this big sword and how do you, you know, it's not, mm. you have to learn how to use it. But would you, would you characterize that that way for you like are there have there been gifts in it for you now that you there's know definite, yeah there's definitely oh yeah 100 there are gifts 
but it's for every gift, there's a consequence. And I think it's, it's, it's learning how to balance those. It's like you're the set of scales and, you know, on one side is the, the gift and the other is like the lead weight. <laughs> and you just, it's once you tap into what you are passionate about and what you're good at, because, you know, I think that everyone has something. And once you can lean into that, that's when you can turn it into a superpower. But if you're not pointed in that direction or encouraged, then the, 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 you know, the negative parts of ADHD can be so difficult to navigate and overwhelming that it's like your gift just gets buried in the ground and all the other parts are just so overwhelmingly difficult. So how did you unearth them? How did you get, how did you turn that around? How did that, what was that transition like for you? Well, I hit rock bottom. (laughs) And then when you've hit rock bottom, it's like, you just, you have to either lie there and just give in, or you have to dig your way out. So I think that it, it got to the point where I, yeah, I was not very well mentally, emotionally. And uh, my doctor kind of told me I needed to, you know, put self-care as a very high priority in order to get better. And that was when I started doing art again, like, and and I, yeah, made it a daily part of my life to do a little bit of art. And I think once I broke down the doing it for me, doing a little bit for me, rather than thinking, because I'm the thing with ADHD is, is I, I would almost call it like all or nothing disorder. So I kind of didn't do any because I wanted to paint giant paintings and I didn't have the capacity, the space, the skills. <laughs> like, and so that's, it's, it's kind of like you, I want to run a marathon or I'm going to sit on the couch. That's it. There's no in between. There is nothing in between. And it, you get very, blinded by that and and then you get very stuck to thinking that the couch is the only option but when my doctor and my husband and good friends sort of nurtured me to just like just do a little bit you know every day that you feel like it and once I started to do a little bit and I realized like how much I'd missed it you know it was like oh my goodness I had no idea like how thirsty I was mm-hmm. until I took a sip. <laughs> and and then I started to, you know, do it, share it on Instagram and, and do a little bit more. And, and, and then it was, and then it was the option of not doing it was, was just worse than not, you know, I could imagine. So, yeah. So it really, I mean, you, even as you were saying that you, like I saw you perk up, it feels like it really did bring you kind of back to to life like it it mm. was a lifeline for you in a really dark time oh yeah it was very it was a lot of things but it was it was sort of having children and postnatal depression postnatal anxiety my son he having him diagnosed with ADHD and understanding him and then then that was the start of like me creating art again and then probably 
two years into the creating art was when I realized that I too have ADHD. And that I think was the big epiphany moment when all of the dots suddenly joined up and I sort of like, and it's then that you look back on your life and everything that didn't make sense makes sense. Mm. And that clarity is just, it's insane. I mean, it literally, all of the shame about who I was and why I was incapable and why, you know, why things were so hard, everything just sort of fell away. And I was still there occasionally, but the power it holds over me is, is diminished. And I can, I don't beat myself up with this internal narrative of like, not good enough or not trying hard enough. And yeah, just realizing that I, like, for me, you say about your superpower, like, I don't actually think like my creativity is my superpower I think my curiosity is my superpower because I'm if I'm interested in something I will do everything I can to find out about that thing and learn about that thing and and then try and succeed at that thing if I if I'm interested in it enough and so that was what I mean because I didn't start with painting I started with alcoholing because I wanted to do something that didn't require too much space or materials. And also I was still frightened, not frightened, but not confident enough to do something that had like my direct hand involved, you know, like drawing would have been too vulnerable, but there was something kind of, there was a sort of element of chance that when you're doing sort of fluid art, there's, there's, you're not in control completely. You are to an extent, but if it's terrible, you can kind of blame it on. You have a permission slip to, oh, it wasn't me. I, oh, yeah, yeah it was, well, exactly. Yeah. So I'd started with that and, but I found out everything I could possibly find out about that. And there wasn't that much at the time. And then I moved on to resin. And again, there wasn't that much about resin art out there. And I, I, so I just spent a lot of money and a lot of time figuring out how to, to create resin art and 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 that's kind of how my following grew because I um was sharing a lot of videos and tips and back then uh, you know you got rewarded if people liked your video you got shown to hundreds of thousands of people and and then a lot of people were interested in that at the time too and so I, there were certainly people before me doing it but I was someone who was prolifically making a lot at the time and sharing a lot of it and but then then there was a voice that was like, this isn't really you. Like, you're good at it. And you could just carry on doing this and selling it and getting money from it. But it's, this isn't really what you want to do. Like, What is that? What pain. was that voice for you? What, what, do you? what would you say that voice was? I think it was just the opposite of your ego. I don't know. What is it? It's you. Like, your actual you. You're, you're very... You're, the knowing, I think, was that Glenn, Glenn and Doyle would call it. I think it was just the me, the very core of who I am, was like, paint, paint, paint. <laughs> you need to paint. <laughs> you want to paint. And I would see other people's Instagrams of paintings and every I, there was just a longing. And it was like, it's time. You know, it's been long enough. Like, stop dilly-dallying around playtime's over you need to paint now and 
but I, you know, I wouldn't change it and I don't think I could. I needed to learn to crawl and then to walk and then to run. And, you know, I'm back to the marathon analogy. <laughs> like I still don't feel like I'm a marathon runner, but I feel like I'm, I'm you know, a 5K now at least. <laughs> this episode of Creative Genius is brought to you by Morning Moon Nature Jewelry. Instantly familiar, yet unlike anything you've ever owned, this extraordinary handcrafted heirloom jewelry is famous for its incredible detail of actual textures from nature. Get 15% off your first order and feel the wonder. Use coupon code CREATIVEGENIUS at lovemorningmoon.com. You said something a minute ago about your superpower not being creativity as much as it is curiosity. And I... I so a couple things come up for me when you say that. One yeah. is I want to talk about what our definition of creativity is. And two, I think that curiosity, so I would argue that that creativity includes curiosity, that instinct, yeah. intuition, knowing that voice. Like, I feel like that is mm -hmm. where creativity lives. Like, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. And that it, it really, I'm answering my own question now, but I feel like it's taking it take it's very wise. It knows what we yeah. need. It's very gentle yeah. with us. Like as opposed to ego, which is like God, and you have to have a career yeah, yeah, that's yeah. in this is going to be where you'll succeed, mm -hmm. and that's where the money is and strategic and blah blah. Mm -hmm. No, this other this other thing is much more gentle and take and it's like, you know what, you're not ready quite yet for painting. So yeah. why don't I take you yeah. down this road and mm. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna plant this curiosity in you about resin and you're gonna want to know everything about alcoholics yeah. and it's gonna feel safe and you won't feel vulnerable and then and then you'll build up some then. confidence and like when I hear you tell me that story, I feel like that's that's what happened. It took you somewhere. Yeah. But so let's go back I, for a second and talk about like what is your definition of creativity? I think I think you're right. I think probably I, I used the wrong I think what I meant I should have said was my like talent of being uh -huh. artistic. Because people would say, you're like, oh you're so artistic, you're so talented or whatever. Yeah. You can but creativity, yes, probably definitely encompasses everything you've just said. So my bad. Let's go back and edit. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, no, but this is beautiful uh, yeah. that even people who are living this and and walking through it every day can get caught up in the story because, the, and that's why we need to have these conversations. I feel like out yeah. loud as many times as we can on repeat, because mm -hmm. even as artists who are, we're, we're professional artists, we're living this, we're breathing it every day. We can mm -hmm. still get caught up in the collective narrative around what creativity is and what yeah. it can be and what its limits are. And I think, that's just yeah. because we it's just a product of that we live we're humans living in this world and i think that it's i think it's okay that we get caught up in that sometimes yeah i think it's 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 interesting because it's it's so funny how people kind of pigeonhole like creativity and being artistic and having talent and they put them in these all these little boxes and like you've got to have all of them ticked to to be an artist you know it's funny because I remember I did all these alcohol inks and then like a little while, not not even quite recently, really, I shared a draw. So I've started doing some more still life and some more drawing um, because that's actually what my real, real love is, painting <laughs> like that. So I Do you mean like the flip-flops and the lollipops? And the yeah, but even before that, I did, a, I did a, a couple of like still lives of like a, I did one of a poppy and a, one of like a jug with a mandarin and things like that that and I when I shared those on my Instagram like the amount of messages like the amount of comments from people like oh wow you're really talented like you can draw I had no idea that you could like you're actually really talented <laughs> like, 
it, it really made me laugh. It really makes me laugh. But like, you're like, okay. They're like, oh, wait, hold up. You're a re- you're really an artist. Draw. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I almost want, and I almost want to like not do it because I just want to be like, you can be a real artist without drawing really well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. That used to be kind of cross, but then I can do it. So then part of me is like, and I think part of it, I kind of, I think part of me is held back from doing it because I want to prove to myself that I can be considered a real artist without the leaning on my drawing skills and my observational ability to paint like that. I think that's partly why I've really wanted to get good at doing things like the abstract landscapes because that is the, the challenge for me like actually drawing and painting well um has always come easily to me and that's just you know like having green eyes like I didn't choose that that just was an innate skill that I was born with but doing painting an abstract that's good is a challenge okay do you, does that make sense yeah or, and I or, think we or, need both I, I would say that I think yeah I think one is like uh, you know, your old, uh, like an old love or like a, you know, your best yeah. friend or like your favorite pair of shoes. It's like, you know, they're mm. just comfortable and they're wonderful and they'll always be there for you. And there are days when you just need to be with that Doing part that. of yourself. Yeah. And then there's that other part of you, that, that curiosity that comes from that place. It's this alive creativity that's like, okay, yeah. well, we have that. Yeah. We know we're good at that. And yeah. I want to take you here. And I want, cause I think, yeah. so I want to ask you this. I often mm. feel like creativity is trying to do something through us or take us somewhere or mm-hmm. show us something. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is it trying to do? I, I ask everybody this. Like without being too kind of woo-woo? No, be woo-woo. woo-woo. Let's be woo-woo. Like, okay. If I'm going to be really woo-woo, be, do it. then I'm going to say that I think creativity is, is the source of all energy experiencing itself through you. That's what I think it is. That feels right to but me. That, that feels, quite... that's how I would say it. I would say, yeah. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Must be true. I, well, and I think <laughs> we're, I think we're actually coming to a place now in our culture where, you know, we've tried living through the rational mind for mm. all these decades or hundreds of years or however long that. we've done it. And it got us places. We built stuff. We were able to accomplish great feats, technological, like, you know, all yeah. ca- medicine, yeah. wonder, rational mind and math is very useful, but when we're just operating from that and we're leaning on that to be our everything, mm-hmm. we're missing this other stuff. And I feel that that is also equally important to being yeah. a healthy human. And that lives, leaves room for all the ways that we're different, right? And lets us express mm-hmm. things. And I, and I think we're coming to a place where, well, my sense of it anyway, is that we're coming to a place where it's starting to be okay to admit that. It's starting to be okay mm-hmm. to admit we have this other more ethereal, dimension or element to ourselves mm-hmm. and it's okay to talk about it and you know we we yeah. the tendon and I do this too the tendency is to sort of dismiss it as being woo woo but I I think that it's starting to become more acceptable to just name it because we all yeah all have it even the yeah even the mathematicians and the scientists and the yeah. lawyers and yeah. that you know that they all get well, that soft it, yeah. like did yeah. you ever see that that soft feeling people get in their eyes with like oh I wish that I could, yeah. that, I mean, that's yeah. because yeah. they have it in them and it's trying to get out. Yeah. I think it's anything. I mean, c- there's creativity in solving an equation, you know, or 
there's creativity in you know the people that came up with the the vaccine you know there's creativity is, is beyond the limits of of what the rational mind thinks it is anyway and i just think that that moment when you allow yourself to channel pure creativity and you are you are in that flow state in that zone whatever it is you're doing whether it's you know making bread or painting painting or you know looking at an atom in a microscope whatever like that moment is that's the universe just being like oh yeah now now we're talking <laughs> you know i just cuz i don't know like i honestly there are paintings there's paintings that i look at that i've painted and i don't either I don't know how I did it. Like I couldn't tell you how I did it. I I, I don't know. I, it wasn't me. That sounds weird, but I was there, but it wasn't really me. It was me, but something else and me. It, it was something <laughs> it was something coming through you, which is because of you know, what you were saying a minute ago and I you talk about you know wanting to tell a story with your work. And I wanted to ask you about that. While it is really wild and free, I think creativity does sort of, ha- or this energy that we're talking about that moves yeah. through us, whatever we want to call it, I call it creativity. I do feel like it sort of has like an overall message that it's like, oh, I'm going to use yeah. Phoebe to show people this. Yeah. And I'm going to use Michael mm. to show people this. And I'm going <laughs> to, whatever it is, I'm going to show Kate, I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to, because it's using us as instruments to, yeah. to bring to life this symphony of things that it's, you know, conducting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you, what do you think it's trying to, say through you now i can look at all my because i used to think all my work was so different and kind of all over the show and you know not necessarily a theme and but now i look at it in retrospect i can see a lot of it is quite nostalgic and quite quite lonely it's quite um there's 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 a lot of stillness in my work and I'm really interested in shadows and light. And I think one of my favorite paintings which I call is called No Light, No Shadow. And it's of a mug with a pear. There's light coming in. And I love I loved that. I painted that again. That was one I painted without paint without knowing I was painting like without me really painting it. Someone else something else was painting it. And after I at the time I was like, oh, it's just a it's just a mug and a cup, you know, it's just a mug and a pear and a kind of just a boring thing why why am I painting this and then I looked at it afterwards and I and I just thought you know like a pear is a symbol of femininity and the mug has these mountains on it and the shadow on the mug you know what the pear the pear casts the shadow on the mug and then there's this vessel with this like piece of wheat and I when I arranged that like I didn't I there wasn't a conscious thought about what I was arranging I was just, I just happened to have like these things and the light was really lovely. So I just arranged them and I took a photo and then I just immediately was like, I have to paint that photo. Like I, I, I had the photo for a couple of weeks on my phone and I just kept looking at it. I have to paint that photo. So I painted, I painted it. And, um, and then I realized all this symbolism about like, you know, like the pear being like the feminine and the, the vessel, like the little jug and like, you know, encompassing like my soul and the wheat growing out of it, like, it's like my children like growing and and the shadow on the on the mug 
you know, and tea, drinking tea, it's so British, it's so part of me and my heritage and like in any crisis, it's like have a cup of tea. And, but really it was about the shadow the and that's why I called it No Light, No Shadow because so my whole life, like my whole childhood, right, up until 39 or whatever it was, I had this shadow of, of the ADHD, which I was not aware of. And it wasn't until I realised that I had ADHD, it kind of illuminated all the good and positive parts of my character, my my personality, I suppose. And the shadow parts, you know, that you can't have one without the other, you know, the yin without the yang. Everything has to exist in equal balance. And I think for me, my work is kind of trying to tell that story to other people that all of the darkness, you know, it's not there without the light. And it's just where you choose to focus. You know, they, they have to exist. They have to coexist. And that's, you know, beautiful. Oh, I have, <laughs> I have a lump <laughs> in my throat and I'm all teared up. I, that's so beautiful. And I feel like that's, there's just so much to marvel at right there. That all came up through you without you trying mm. to do any of it. It all just yeah. did you, you were, you allowed yourself to be in your, in your creative process. You allowed yourself to be mm. even, I can just see you like, you know, arranging that composition and yeah. with the, with, and there was something so wise. My whole body has the chills right now. Yeah. There was something <laughs> so wise operating through you that day to give not only you that gift for yourself, but also now anybody who ever gets yeah. to see that. Cause there are things yeah. about there are th about those pieces that when you see them, there's just something about them. They just have a different mm. quality to them. And they, because mm. there's a, it's some kind of transmission, isn't it? It's like mm. the viewer, it's got to be. they just know. Like there's like, you can paint, we talk about like transactional art, like, okay, maybe everybody yeah. liked the pear. And so then you're like, okay, I'm going to paint a bunch of pears today, right? Like you could yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something, but there's something about those pieces that come from that place mm. that you just described that, yeah. that are, that's just, it's magic. It's, it's magic yeah. and that's and I just it's it really it really kind of just it made me now aware of of why I've always been fascinated with um shadows and and taking photos of shadow like I've always loved photography that's just always been something that I've loved equally as much as I could have easily been a photographer but I love painting too much every time I see you know like leaves making a, a pattern on a wall or you know I just stop and I, I notice it and other people would just be walking past on the way home from school and I'm like but look the leaves on the wall <laughs> my kids are like mom do you really need another photo of the leaves on the wall but I just can't not take it because like I'm I I just and that golden hour light like that's something that all my paintings of landscapes and things they've they've all I'm all I'm always interested in in capturing that kind of golden hour light that low light when you get the long shadows and that that like kind of nostalgia kind of swan song there's something about that like I just love and I think part of that is the nostalgia for my childhood because in a way wouldn't it be lovely to relive it with knowledge um <laughs> rather than feeling all the, the the shame and the anxiety that I that I shouldered um, so I think there's a kind of nostalgia that I carry for, for who I was and that little girl. And, and then that obsession with the shadows is really my, 
reaffirming to myself the importance of of the shadow, uh, the shadow self, and and the you know how important the dark is as well as the light. You know, you cannot have one without the other. And I just that's what I want my my work to be about about, and that's the story I I think is important for me to tell. And yeah, I I couldn't have got to this point with uh, without doing the last few years of prep to get here you know yeah it was it feels like it was something very wise was guiding you you know along that way Mm. have you ever been able to go back and hang out with that little girl and a lot of people talk about going back and working with their inner child or you know I should probably I should probably go to therapy (laughs) um I have I have that yeah it's yeah I talk with my sister a lot she also has ADHD and luckily I have a sister who, you know, shared the same childhood. And we had, you know, I'd want, I had a very privileged childhood, very l- lucky childhood. And, and my parents loved me and did everything they could, you know, to support me and nurture me. But there just wasn't the knowledge then about this, you know, neurodiversity as there is now. And girls were, were not diagnosed with ADHD back in the 80s, really. Unless it was like, extremely severe hyperactivity but inattentive the daydreaming type ADHD was just not I mean I just don't even know if it existed on as far as psychiatrists were telling the world um I mean it did exist don't get get me wrong but like diagnosed Mm -hmm. um so having a sister that kind of had the same shared experience is really good because we do a lot of talking therapy with each other about things and I think that's been really good for us both it's sort of very cathartic to kind of talk about it and and make sense of things and yeah and just sometimes yeah I have just sat and kind of forgiven myself for for all of the negative kind of self-talk that I had and what were the hardest like what were the ways that you talked to yourself that were the what what was it I'm just curious because I don't I don't I'm not I don't have that like well I had this what's wrong with you that was just like what's wrong with like you? like on repeat just this? kind of about just everything like yeah what's wrong with you why why can't you why can't you just act normally why can't you just not forget this or why can't you just do this on time or why can't you just respond to that email or why can't you just get your homework in on time or why can't you just copy the whole paragraph from the board in five minutes like everyone else like what's wrong with you what's wrong with mm. you yeah, that on repeat. And has that, and the answer was like, I'm just, I don't know, I'm stupid, I guess. I well, and you were saying that when you did get a formal diagnosis, it, it all, you know, you describe it falling away. And I know from my own life, when I've let go of things or when I, things have kind of clicked and I've had a different perspective, there's still, for me anyway, there's this like, it's almost like I created a groove of that thought. Mm. And so it's like, it still Definitely. comes, like, does it still come back oh, to it, you that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's any kind of, you think about neuropathways that in your brain, they're wired, aren't they? They can be remade, but it's like a field of wheat where you've walked the same way across from one side to the other, year after year after year. You make a path and you just need to keep reminding yourself to walk a different path. And eventually the new path becomes more uh, visible than the old path and the old path goes away. But I think it's, it's still there. Like you, if you wanted to take that old path, you can. It's just diverting yourself away from it. And and I think when you're fully 
probably never going to be fully healed unless I did a lot of therapy, which is too expensive right now. <laughs> when you're fully healed, like I couldn't talk about this without crying, you know, a few years ago, I wouldn't have been able to have this conversation with you. And I think when you can talk openly about things and not break down and feel that same level of trauma <laughs> is when you know you're healing and you've mo you're moving on. So, and that's why I think, you know, for me, it's so important to be honest and open and share because <clears throat> there are people out there who haven't taken another path across the wheat field yet. And they might suddenly have a light bulb moment where they go. And I've had that, you know, I've had people message me when I've talked about it on Instagram and they've messaged me and said, oh my goodness, I'm going to go and get a diagnosis or I've just got diagnosed. And that's so, oh, that just means, you know, I could, I could sell a hundred paintings and that is, there's nothing like the joy that I get from a message like you've changed my life because I now have no need to hate myself anymore. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, you know, for the, for the people listening to this conversation right now going, huh, uh, mm -hmm. I've kind of always thought those thoughts about myself. What's, you know, the what's wrong with like, why can't I, <laughs> what mm -hmm. is a, but who, who never even maybe would have thought about for whatever reason, con yeah. considering exploring, finding out whether or not this is something for them, what would you, what would you say yeah. to somebody as a good sort of first step to exploring whether this is what's going on um, for them? I mean, we're so lucky now with like the internet, you know, you can Google things and there are so many good places. There's a website, um, attitude, A-D-D, etude, dot mag, I think it's called, um, where I went and did a lot of research from when I, my kids were diagnosed and they've got like a kind of adult diagnostic kind of test you can take. But, but yeah, I mean, I would start by just trying to find some research online and look for other people sharing stories and, and just see, because I think going into any kind of going to the doctor and saying, mm, I think this is maybe something it's, it's much better to go along and have done some research, you know, so get some books out of the library. Dr. Richard Barclay is a really amazing author who's written books on ADHD. Yeah, just do some research, go to the library, go, to, go online, buy a book, find a website. Because the thing, you know, a lot of people, they think ADHD is a sort of behavior problem, but it's not. It's a neurological brain difference, you know. And, and then there's a lot of people that cross over and also fit the autism profile you know, or the dyslexia profile or, you know, there's, you know, it's, there's a lot of overlapping that happens. I think if you just can go and do some research and, and, and if you feel like, and even if you don't go and get formally diagnosed, just knowing that, I mean, you don't have to have a go to anyone and, and get diagnosed officially. If you feel like you fit all that profile and that's going to take away that shame, then that's enough, you know, but here you have to go and see a psychiatrist to get, diagnosed. Well, and even if it isn't a formal diagnosis, I feel yeah. like what I, one of the things I'm taking from this chat is, you know, there are a million different ways that we're different from one another. Yeah. And, Hundreds, uh, millions, yeah. you know, the, the little girl in you that internalized your way of being in the world and made it bad, like, what's wrong with me? Mm. Why can't I be like everybody else? Yeah. In a way, I could see how even without an ADHD diagnosis or any diagnosis, yeah. we could all yeah. do that with whatever it is that makes us different. Yeah. And I think totally. 
the gift can be saying, and I mean, I'm trying to do this all the time in my own life, you know, like, how am I different? And, and how can that be something that I can lean into as opposed to try to shove mm-hmm. down? Because I yeah. think when oh, we try, yeah, yeah, when we try to shove it down, it becomes, I mean, it's painful and all the things that go with it, you know, like you, when mm-hmm. you shove that down, mm-hmm. part of, part of what went down with it was your painting, which actually was the thing that mm-hmm. was, yeah. was how, needed the most. Uh, that you needed the most and also how your greatest gift is trying to communicate to you. So yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like it's, that's, that's kind of one of yeah. the things I'm taking from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- totally. I think that's it. I think at any time, just, oh, that just negative self-talk is just. It's just so dangerous. Well, I catch I catch so myself much. all the time, like, and I'll, or even as I'm walking around the house, like sometimes I'll be in a, I'll be in a really bad mood, and I'll, you know, mm. I'll, the other day I broke a mason jar on my tile kitchen floor, and I never break stuff. I'm that person who never breaks things, and I broke this, mm. and it shattered, and I was like, I'm the opposite. How are you? I, I was I I was like I think I said really screw you, and then I was like, who am I talking to? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I think you can get into this like negative, like there's this person that almost takes over the mm-hmm. seat of your consciousness and like is driving and can be really grumpy. And, you know, you can, oh, yeah. you can be in charge of that with some practice. Yeah. I think it takes practice, but definitely. Yeah. Oh, and I, I mean, I, li- I read the power of now. Have you read that? Mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle? Mm-hmm. That was really amazing. Just when I did that, when I learned about the pain body and how that overtakes, oh, that was just like a light bulb moment too. Like. And realizing like how much of what was negative and controlling about me was just ego and not the genuine me. And yeah, I mean, even just read the power of now. That's gonna help. That's a, a lot. great. Yeah, I will put I put a link to that in the show notes because that is that's a great that's a, that's a great call. I know we've had a very serious conversation, but I, I we have you're so funny. You're also a very one of the things I really appreciate about you is your love of your. You seem to just be like this funny, silly, loving. And I want to ask you about that little bit that you did on Instagram yeah. with the accents, which I have to tell you, more than four nights in a row, I lay in bed and just watched that reel over and over again. I mean, I don't know how anyone that uses a pre-stretched canvas can call themselves an artist. Have you seen the price on this one? Oh my God, they're having a laugh. I mean, a child of two could do that. Honestly, better, in fact. I don't like it. I don't know why, but I don't. Hey, Janet, come on, look at this. Can you do me one like that? Yeah, just copy it. He always says it's abstract, but like, what's he supposed to be though? Was that a boat? Oh my God, it was, so did that go viral? Like what, was that? What happened with um, that thing? I don't know. I've done a few. I've done a few reels now with sort of silly voices and things, and yeah, they've 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 all done probably much better than any of my art reels. <laughs> <laughs> it's tragic, um, but, that, but that's nice. You know, it's. I just. I don't like to take myself too seriously or life too seriously. I like. I am a serious person, but also. I've always used humor as a defense mechanism. <laughs> um, I think that's a trauma response. It is, <laughs> anyway. yeah. And also just being the funny one to sort of deflect from, oh, I don't know. A lot of well, other. it's also a really powerful way of drawing attention to things. Even though it was really, really funny, you were drawing attention to these limiting beliefs that we're talking about around yeah. creativity. You yeah. know, like some of the things that those voices are saying 
are things that we say, they're voices in our own heads that we say about our own work and about other people's work and about, and so you're in a, but it's a very wise and playful and funny way of kind of like shining some light on that stuff so that we can see how ridiculous it is. Yeah. I don't know. I just get these ideas. I, again, I go, I normally get them in the shower. So I'm just in the shower. I like having a long shower, which (laughs) yeah, I'm in the shower. And then I just, I suddenly have a little voice telling me like something funny and then I just think oh that's funny and then I'm like oh that'd be funny if I did it like as if it was a painting talking or that would be funny if I did it like as if it was someone looking at you know I don't know and then I just and then I just think oh I don't know it just it's it's funny being told you're funny because it's like it's not something I try to do it's just it's just yeah it's just part of you well and it's these ideas they just come to me and then I think Will anyone else think this is funny? And then usually they do. So that's good. Yeah. It brings me to where I want to tell you about the word that I pulled for oh, the yeah. show today. Was it was humor. Ah, are you I'm kidding? I'm not. I'm not kidding. And then we had like a really deep conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but, but isn't that, but yeah, that? light and shade. This is what I'm talking about. Mm. You cannot have the tragedy without the comedy. Yeah. They go hand in glove. Everything. They absolutely do. And I love that. And I love that even more now in the fullness of this conversation and the, the light and the dark and the shadow and, the, and all the things that we've talked about and the humor. And the, I just think it's amazing that, it, yeah. That's so, do you know what? I knew you would pick that card. I had a feeling. Did you? I, I honestly, because I think you picked it before, haven't you? I think I have. There's a few that have. And yeah. I remember listening to that episode and I was like, I want her to pick that one. That's right, Andrea. I think Andrea Garvey's was humor. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're always and perfect. Uh, it I, strikes me every time. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. No source was there. They were like, "You picked this before, but this is also the right card for this person." Totally is. Um, okay, but we're. Yeah. I, I have. Okay. I've loved this conversation. I would love to have you back on the show because I've really, I've really enjoyed connecting. Yeah. I feel with like you. we only just scratched the. Stuff. I know. Well, we did. That's why I'm saying that. So I feel like let's. I, I'll make some notes about things I want to. The little rabbit holes I want to okay. go down with you, and we'll have you back. But there is one other question I want to ask you, and it's the billboard okay. question. Oh, the yeah. Billboard. So I'll say it again here, mm. so that everybody mm. can come into this moment mm-hmm. with us. If you had access to a billboard. And you knew that every mm-hmm. person in the world who longed to be an artist, but for whatever reason, and for all the reasons we've talked about, believed that they're not good enough, they don't have creativity in them, whatever the story mm-hmm. was, you know, and that the words that you put on this billboard were going to reach them and get their attention and make them go, oh, what would you, okay. what would you put on? Well, I've been thinking about this and, you know, I was like, there's so many options, there's so many ideas, it's so hard on a billboard to come up with the perfect phrase. But I think the the only thing I can think of, and maybe the, I don't know if this is like good enough, but you know, like you get a, a sign, a big sign. And I wanted, to, I just wanted to write on it. If you're wanting to be an artist, this is the sign you've been looking for. Mm. And I would have it like in neon. I love it. I love it. I totally agree. I just, you know, like yeah. when you just, cause I'm always like looking for signs in the universe. And that's the science of the universe. So if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to close your eyes and just visualize a big billboard with this is the sign you've been looking for right now. This is the sign that you've been looking for. You're already an artist. So there's your permission. Thank you. Thank you for coming today. No, you're welcome. It's been so lovely. It's been so, it's been like chatting to 
an old dear friend. Me too. That I've known for my whole life. I feel life. like that too. <laughs> I think you make everyone feel like that. Okay, oh, so <laughs> thank that's you. just your gift. Thank you. I love that Phoebe refers to herself as an emerging artist. It's a playful but important bit of wisdom around remembering that there is magic in allowing ourselves to discover ourselves and our surroundings anew each day. Phoebe's story is a reminder to me of how important it is that we commit to seeing each other's and our own differences as gifts, not things to be scared of. I imagine all of the suffering and trauma that could have been avoided if the people close to her when she was growing up knew to see her faults as what made her special. And instead of making her try harder to be something she wasn't, encouraged her to lean into what she was. So many of us know from a young age what we love and what makes us happy. And in a misguided effort to be like everyone else, we so often talk ourselves out of following those dreams. When I think about little Phoebe and all the little people everywhere who are trying so desperately to achieve all the same things in all the same ways as their peers, despite the fact that is simply not how life works, my heart gets a lump in its throat. I wish we could just wave a magic wand and let every single person past, present, and future, know this. The thing that makes you different is the thing that makes you so special. I am roaring encouragement at you to not waste another moment. Lean into this thing. I don't know about you, but I was full on crying when she was telling us about what she thinks creativity is doing through her and how she could only get there once she had forgiven herself for being different. So I will leave you with this. What might be available to you if you were to forgive yourself for being different? If you stop trying so hard to be normal? If you let the negative self-talk simply fall away? Where might this new path through your very own field of wheat take you? Make sure you're signed up for my newsletter. I pick a random person from my email list once every month and send them an original piece of my artwork. It's one of my favorite things to do. It takes a lot to put together this show. Please consider supporting me to do it. You can visit patreon.com slash Podcast to find out more. And please keep my jewelry or paintings, and especially gratitude birds, which keep selling out, in mind next time you're looking for a treat for yourself or for a loved one. You can find everything I've mentioned on katesheppardcreative.com. Thank you for being here, for opening your heart, and for listening. My wish and intention for this show is that it reach into your heart and stir the beautiful thing that lives in there. May you find and unleash your creative genius. <laughs>